Party. Today we're gonna talk about another novel named Conserve Idol and it's based on true story again. It might sound alien but everything indeed carries a vibrational energy. Even the self-consciousness is always a type of energy that vibrates at very brisk of time and space. People's opinion therefore bears some value after all. That's a law of vibration. A vibrational pattern can calculate anything. This novel is mostly a fiction inspired on true events that might happen to somebody Arthur knew personally. Names, characters, places and incidents are either product of imagination or any resemblance to actual people believing or dead events or locals are entirely coincidence or have been changed to protect privacy of any possible parties. Fair use. However, please consider this book a sci-fi and any resemblance to real people, dialogues, events, just coincidence. And the whole story honestly is just unbelievably mind-blowing. So please read and listen us on podcasts and ebooks by artistine Tibble C. Portion of this novel contains the third-party content that constitute fair use under federal copyright laws of United States under Section 17 USC 107, works that are meant for educational and scholarly nature, which is protected by fair use laws. And no matter uh, what, uh, we do not intend to use or pass any third-party copyrighted work or present it as our own. Prologue. Hi, my name is Leah, a TNTBLC public relationship agency, also known as True Start, private detective agency in New York. Matt Blues is a business partner, a licensed attorney detective. He is also a big fan of reality TV, true crime stuff, and likes to investigate true life crimes events as pro bono. This time, True Start decided to investigate a strange case about an iconic pop star who has been declared mentally incompetent and assigned an involuntary conservatorship. The novel was inspired by two events. There could be actually a lot more victim, victims of this kind of unfair judicial practices. Please read us and on other novels by artist Tim Tibblesee inspired on two events about devil advocate from Peterson Ranch, Evie Petit and Amandic Traveler. The author of this novel would like to bring her opinion, speculation what could possibly happen in true life event and names, ages, locations, some facts are changed on purpose to protect privacy of parties during investigation just in case. Detective attorney Matt decided to investigate this matter after an iconic pop star Brittany, Annie Sparks, came to agency asking for help to return her life and assets, her family. Judges and lawyers allegedly unfairly took away from her declaring her as a crazy woman, and millions of her fans already started movement Free Britney. There is a lot of questions to solve in this novel. If the life and the millions were taken away from Annie unfairly, and the iconic pop star is mentally incompetent to handle all her millions in life. In true life events the novel was inspired from, there could be actually a lot more victims of this kind of judicial entertainment, paparazzi, business practices, and that's why we're bringing our opinion and speculation, so please stay tuned. And uh, the whole story honestly is unbelievably mind-blowing. Chapter 1. Annie Sparks Annie was born in California to John and Mary, and she had two younger brothers. Annie is clearly absolutely stunning, but she was all, always a smart girl and looked like she had a role. She was a kind person, and according to her family, everybody loved her. 
Annie's family said she was almost addicted to singing and dancing and had great vocals. She could take all notes and octaves and had a perfect sense of hearing. She was always up in her thoughts and she was always a deep singer, very motivated, committed, loving mother to her boys. She wanted to launch her singing career professionally. Annie's friends and family said she would be successful in everything she did. In school she played sport, did dancing professionally and Abby was Annie. Annie was also in National Honor Society on her way to star. At 16, at 16 year old, Annie was already a sensation and she was a great performer and great dancer. Chapter 2. Annie's music. Annie was extremely successful. Her worldwide record skyrocketed to $80 million in sales just from 1988 to 2003. Annie worked like nobody else. She has never been motivated by money and greed. She was doing something she loved. A good performer career involves not only singing but also dancing and Annie was involved in any, in everything. She was in control of her life in everything process um, in every process of that time in her life. Quote I'm open to good ideas. If they come up with something interesting and better than I do, then heck I do that, Annie stated for the press. And he was like, I'm the boss and I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, you could see that um, this girl was just on fire. She loved her job and was uh, it was her true passion. Even though her song lyrics was, I will be a slave for you, just love me or I slave you myself. Everything was very passionate about Annie Sparks. Quote, the best thing was about being famous is knowing that financially you are secured and stable and thought I would be able to support my family no matter what. Annie stated to press at the beginning of her career. Who would guess that that time Annie's life would, would have such a dramatic twist? By 2004, Annie was one of the biggest selling female artists of her generation and it was very impressive. A hit after hit, he would, could, couldn't get enough of Annie's spark, uh, Annie spark look like. Do you want a piece of me? Annie was singing one of her hits. And then suddenly Annie stopped making any music. She just disappeared from the spotlight, leaving her space to questionable performance like fashionable sister clan. Please read my other novel, Modern Jerry Cult, and Glamour Paid by Frodlo. Um, Chapter 3 In Love with Her Dan Dancer Annie fell in love with her backup dancer, Ken X. Kiss. On a Trans-Pacific flight together, Annie proposed to Ken and he agreed. They got married and quickly had two boys. However, a couple years later, decided to divorce and uh, Annie filed for divorce. Chapter 4 Divorce Quote, It's great news, everybody. Annie finally decides to leave KX Kiss. Tabloids were screaming, celebrating event actually set for Annie. Annie was out of, of the town looking as confident as possible, hoping that when her divorce is finally finalized, she would get back her performing career and uh, she start performing again in social media. And she was very excited about it. People were partying, celebrating Annie's divorce all over the world. It seems like she was getting control over her life again. 
But actually it was really the end for her. Chapter 5 Paparazzi Quote I was assigned to Annie to watch her during her divorce. One of hundreds of hired agents testified. So basically I was assigned to watch over Annie basically spying on her 24-7 like I wasn't a human being with the basic uh, rights of simple privacy of an American citizen. Quote, they gave me the address of Annie and told me to sit outside and watch over when they come out and I followed her. I thought my job was just to take pictures of her. I was in the photo. Uh, I was the photographer, and uh, I was good at it. I got better. I learned job very quickly and was really good at it. This was the job for adrenaline junkies, those with gambling addictions too. There was nothing sexier and exciting than waking up uh, early in the morning and see what was my assignment was. And you open it and you don't know who it was actually: male, female, actor, singer, spot celebrities, movie celebrities. Uh, as a photographer, you can get a few hundred thousand dollars just for a picture with a celebrity. In my case, it was Brittany Sparks. The agent photographer stated, During her divorce time, Annie was relentlessly chased by paparazzi. However, she managed to have a friendship with some of them, actually. Quote, One night, the agency called me and told me about the gas, gas station where Amy was spotted. I drove down, there was check... Um, there was. I drove down and I was taking pictures and she was having problem with the gas pump. I asked Annie, can I help? So I helped her and the next day the agency called me again telling that Annie actually was asking for me. I was like, what do you mean she's asking for me? But turns out uh, she felt better when I was around and taking her pictures and nobody else. Annie felt safer. That was her words, not mine. It was really simple and easy relationship, you know, for everybody else. I was like just, I was just a bad guy for the press. I was like, a dis it was like a Disneyland, Disneyland story where you want a prince charming to be as equal and attractive and beautiful uh, and charming as princess, but I wasn't that prince. We didn't have that balance. She was a multimillionaire pop singer, star, I was nothing. I was just me, an ordinary photographer. The famous girl and just me, and the white girl and just me. There was nights that she was up and I had to stay with her, and that was hard. I had to stay up with her for three nights without sleep, and it was hard. But at the same time, there was a fear that if everything happens to her, they're gonna blame me on that. She was uh, taking prescription drugs, anti-anxiety drugs, like Adderall. And I'm sure a million people are taking those drugs. However, those drugs became violent and deadly weapons for her. I believe for many other people, especially when you're going through a child custody case or some other stresses. It's obvious to me that during uh, her divorce, uh, Annie was very lonely. Actually, during her whole life, she was very lonely. She had never anybody in her life she could po simply trust and talk. It was dark and scary place for her. The photographer uh, replied, recalling Annie. Chapter 6. Custody Hearing Quote, The hearing this afternoon had to do with the continuum interim and a temporary order. It was based on Mr. X's original request to move the custody, the attorney said. By 2007, Annie's divorce from Ken X's uh, was um, heating up. That, uh, that many thought... 
would be just a simple case protected by a strong prenup turned out to be a very ugly case. Quote, Iron-clad prenups are a little bit like a titanic, could never sink. Uh, however, for, um, for every iron-clad prenup there was a group of attorneys, if not the army, who would try to tear it all apart. Ken hired a divorce attorney who was like all-guarded German shepherd, well-trained, conservative, aggressive uh, when needed. The attorney was a big-time winner custody lawyer. Ken's attorney was known for making loud public statements and big cases, and his ultimate attack was, quote, what's the best uh, for children, how safe uh, children are, and the kids become main issue. Ken was concerned that the more time kids were with him, the more insulated they from the, their mother, and the more safe they were, actually. And he was trying to convince the divorce court and the public in, in that. Ken attorney wanted to convince not only court but also the media um, so they would stop hating and harassing Mr. X Kiss who was uh, treated by social media very poorly at that time. People were saying, quote, oh, he's just a gold digger and loser. Any sex was um, in a position dumb if he did and dumb if he didn't. People wanted to kill him or use him as a joke. Why do you think was that? Because everyone wanted to be Ken, actually, and have peace of any. People were obsessed and jealous. Chapter 7. Media Frenzy When Amy got married to Ken, she was an American sweetheart, if not the whole world sweetheart. And she still is. And the world saw Ken as a guy who didn't deserve her, and the mega pop star, a treasure, and the public attempted to penalize poor Ken for that unfairly. The press wasn't nice. It was brutal. However, as the case progressed, Ken did something important just being his himself, and people saw it and found that he was actually a good man, trustworthy and media-friendly. As the custody case was battled out in the court, the media frenzy only grew even more frenzy. Uh, everyone seems to have an opinion about Annie Sparks, her divorce and life, and media focused less on her music career. Annie went through legal teams, became even more isolated from the world. There was a period of separation between Annie and her parents and the whole family and with the world. She was afraid everyone was abandoning her. Um, there was nobody to trust. Chapter 8. San Luzzi. San Luzzi was a person who was blamed by both her parents and media and the fans for Annie's public downfall. There is a lot of controversy about San Luce's role he played in her Annie's brief period of time. Quote, can you please introduce yourself to us? Who are you? The press asked Lucy. Annie's former manager, Lucy replied. However, Annie testified in the court. Quote, he was just my friend sometimes. Some, somebody who helped me with groceries sometimes talks to me. So Lutz went from being uh, this some, sometimes friend to somebody she calls on, for shots. We met at the bar and she was very funny. We had a great conversation. She asked me if I had seen things in the press recently and I said yes, of course, who hadn't, making light of the situation. She asked for my phone number and I left it thinking 
that I would never get a call from her again. However, one night she called and told me that she would need my help. You could see that the divorce was imp impacting her, and the best things I had uh, to do for her just be for her there. And he would say, quote, my relationship with my family is not like your relationship with yours. Her mom actually was involved with her a lot, but dad wasn't. My advice for her was, was just um, just to have your family around. Chapter 9 Rock Bottom Meltdown In 2007, Annie was able to record and produce an entire studio record. Quote, It's Brittany Beaches. Annie was singing. The album was a blackout blast and sold in the millions in the minutes. It was widely considered her best work. The music in the album portrayed a puppy version of Annie's whole life story and would become a story of any real life. Like, quote, a woman hunted and often on the run. This would uh, foreshadow a much darker turn for Brittany. There were bil billions of paparazzi images of her that haven't been seen, that have been seen million times, not at her best spotlight point of view. And in addition, those images coupled with headlines like meltdown, down, no, no down. However, looking back, knockdown. However, looking back, we can see now that she was just a person, a human being who simply needed the help. Chapter 10. Harassment. Throughout... Um, Throughout 2007, Annie was intentionally harassed by paparazzi and the media. She had to drive fast, over speed limits, and running on the red light sometimes. And there was a concern, actually, that if uh, those car crash uh, chases continued, she would be, uh, she would get in a car accident, and somebody could even be dead. Quote, she's crazy. Paparazzi called poor Annie when actually... It was them who were crazy running after her, totally violating her privacy rights, rights to safety in, in public place and even in her home. They kept her being upset and scared all the time, on drugs all the time. And actually anyone could be upset being in any shoes. Nobody cared about poor any mental health, not even her fans, family who claimed uh, that they loved her. Chapter 11. Police was called. In 2008, the police was called. Somebody reported that Annie locked herself in, in her room, refusing to give her children to Kenneth's husband at a court-appointing time. Suddenly, she was spiraling up out of control. It was clear that Annie had a mental, mental crisis. And there, there were, again, many people who wanted a total control over her life and millions in assets. A lot of people were interested in that control. They felt that uh, they had to do that in order to protect her, but in reality, all they wanted was her money, her money-making ability to make everybody rich around her and happy. So they declared any, quote, a conserved idol, and she lost all her control over her life, kids, assets, everything. Chapter 12. Conservatorship. Any lost basic human rights like driving a car, 
having sex with, without surveillance cameras and microphones, having children wherever she wants and with who she wants, also rights to, be, uh, to choose her own accountants, attorneys, producers, songwriters, composers, stylists, uh, psychologists, cosmetics, hairdressers, etc. I could go on and on, but the bottom line, who would want a life like that? Would you? She managed, uh, though, to keep her fitness trainer, who later became her boyfriend. She couldn't write a check or credit, use a credit card. She was like a vegetable, but she still wanted... Um, and was actually capable to dance and to sing, to love, to be simple, happy, and to work. And if she didn't behave the way they wanted her to behave, she would lose the custody of her children. Again, I think it's a sex discrimination and abusive totalitarian control that men usually do if they don't like something and willing to take it away or even kill and declare a woman legally crazy or take everything from her her money her identity her kids her life her reputation her love and health to be continued Brittany sparks is a fighting for all of us just like abyss now mom thank you mama bear please read my other novels about abby petit and amy orkin and, and jackie holmes about the author after Leia's lawsuits were dismissed and judges denied her request for a trial by jury, Leia started doing her art, became an artist and a motivational speaker, and was invited by community to teach yoga and the meditation. Guess what? Al somehow managed to buy a house in Skyline community as well and came to Leia's meditation class. It was shocking for Leia, but she tried to hold her face and pretend nothing happened, trying to avoid Al. However, Al was determined since they crossed paths again in most ridiculous way, it's probably destiny. They have to be together. It was like a glitch in the matrix again. Lay, I know you recognize me. Please, let's talk. I still cannot forget. Don't you think we meant for each other since destiny brought us together in the most ridiculous way? Think about it. I, I think we meant for each other like you were saying before. That our child was blessing. And it's... Uh, it still should meet something for you. Please give me a second. I promise. I love of my life. I, I will prove it to you with all my life. Always begging Leia. Quote. I will think about it. Now please leave me alone. I need time to process what happened. Leia responded. Leia wanted to sell her blog brand. And then she remembered that why she wrote it in the first place. Because she was scared. And today she hopes to reach more people to who feel vulnerable, lonely, and scared, that uh, all together we could help each other and not just feel this way ever again. Now, because of her fears and clairvoyance, Leia became a successful detective, public relationship, art and gallery, uh, media production, books, podcasts, apps, music, cooking, yoga, meditation, spiritual teaching, DJ, stylist, novelist, basically whatever it's in hot trends now, which are good for health and um, happiness. This story inspired Leia to become a meditation yoga teacher to help people overcome bad times, grief, body aches, mental pain. Her friends, as well as Detective Matt, even suggested Leia opening a detective agency not to waste such a talent on discovering things no normal people would have difficult time to figure out. So Leia hired a licensed attorney detective to work for her on her interesting cases of dramatic mystery romances, detective novels, crime stories. We have a new client with a weird case called this attorney, Matt asked. Quote, 
Atonia Mr. Lambert senior speaking. Yes, my client good my client's good reputation has been attacked on a social media because of various influence on people. Are you kidding me? Who ha you have no case. She is going to win this time easily and sue you back for millions. Are you kidding me? Lambert advantage has been planet all together, defamation of character and intentional infliction on emotional distress. That is all ridiculous. That's I don't need permission from judges to protect myself anymore. Those Lambert and Bundy's just trying to exploit me, Leia said. Well, they haven't learned about you. They don't they have no idea who you, who they're dealing with, Matt replied, smiling. The blog is your future. Here's the list of member addresses who created the membership profile recently. Here's a list of people who actively passed it. It's ninety percent. That's unheard of. Of this for this industry problem that nobody else knows that you actually exist, Matt said. I can get you prime place in the web search platforms, don't get me wrong. If you give me time, I could spend it. At least I spent the best advice. I would spend it better than anybody else. Um, any engines, few structural twists, maximize keyword density here and there, and the first side they see it's never back down. Bottom line is, Matt added. I think we need to capitalize on your talent, Leah, is empowering women to take back control, he added as smiling. I'm sorry to bother you, but I couldn't help notice that you were looking at my, at my way and laughing, so I decided to come up straight and ask you what's so funny. Leah started smiling as well. You have ability to reach and change millions of people or even bigger audience. It won't change you for who you are, but you can change the world, Leah's attorney Matt said suddenly. I emailed Lambert and noticed that his novel was about to publish, and the police started hovering over my head again. Not a coincidence again. They were thinking getting PTSD, OCD, and agoraphobia. I'm afraid that that would enrage him. I knew he would retaliate by trying to harm you in some way. He is a, has this attitude that he must win at all costs, like all lawyers do. Plus, egg of alpha male, Matt responded. Remember your novel Glamour Paid by Fraud Law? He is not alpha male. He is a mama's boy. He is afraid of his mom more than he is afraid of my book to be published. But I think I have rights to publish my memories. Freedom of speech and fair use law should protect me. Please follow serials, series of ironic detectives on bad romances, politics, religion, LGBTQ laws, spirituality, celebrities, influences, crimes, novels, etc. by artists in TBLC. It's impossible to feel safe and protected all the time. At one or another, we're all vulnerable. Those who want to get it but cannot look for cracks in our armor. This is how we deal with our vulnerabilities. We define our strengths and weaknesses. While I know I cannot change my past, I believe that state of being a victim is just a state of mind, and I'm going to change my state of mind and help others also overcome this issue. Whatever didn't kill us only make us stronger and happier. Never back down is only a beginning. The end is when we are confident and secure who we are, able to defend ourselves and our loved ones. Thank you. XO. See you next.